everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 59 of the podcast, and I get to sit down with author, speaker, uh, Instagram influencer, Carlos Whitaker. Carlos does an amazing job of telling stories on his Instagram. If you aren't following at Wit yet on Instagram, you need to do it. And today, I have the privilege of talking to him about his latest passion project, his new book called Enter Wild. It's all about unleashing the wild power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Super practical. We talk about what it means to lean in to the power of the Holy Spirit, how to take big steps of faith, and how to live out that faith in the midst of chaos. Uh, I think you're going to love this conversation. And if you enjoy the conversation, please do me a favor, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a comment where you can, and give us a review on whatever platform you listen on. It does help us uh, get noticed by other people who maybe haven't heard of us yet. If you're ready to become part of this community, we would love to have you. The best way to do that is to text the word RECLAIM to 66866. Text the word RECLAIM to 66866 to sign up for helpful tips and blogs on what it means to reclaim good practices for faith and life. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Carlos Whitaker. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today with... uh, a man who many of you know from Instagram and from all over the place, Carlos Whitaker. Uh, now, I love to introduce people, Carlos, and I was looking at the titles that I could use to introduce you, and these were the Sweet. list I came up with, right? So, speaker, author, storyteller, hope dealer, spider killer, podcaster, entrepreneur, influencer, worship leader, bird saver, suburban farmer, and recently added internet fixer. Uh, what? That's, that's when, me. <laughs> when somebody says what your calling is, how do you describe it? Yeah, man, you know, it's, um, normally, normally I'll, I lean on the, the term hope dealer hmm. o- only because I feel like that can describe various aspects of what I do. Um, you know, I'll, if someone's on a, on a plane, sit, sit next to me on an airplane and they ask me what I do, like it's, it's hard because, you know, the majority of, of my income comes from probably two spaces that's either writing books or talking about them. Um, but I'm just, I'm a storyteller at the end of the day. Like, like that's, that's what I do. I tell stories. Um, I do it on Instagram. I do it on, uh, in books. I do it on stages. And so I think, I think storyteller is kind of my, my latest, um, job description that I like to explain what I do to people. And, um, and obviously most of the stories, I tell should give hope. So storyteller would be a, be a good one. But internet fixer has definitely become uh, growing since I haven't been out of the house. And that's all I seem to do is reset the router. Uh, <laughs> well, so, so of course I've been following you on Instagram and you guys have had power outages. You guys tornadoes, tornadoes. I mean, I'm wondering if Nashville can get a break anytime soon. I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's <laughs> Nashville definitely needs a reset on 2020 you know, um, hopefully, hopefully that's it. Yeah. We just in the middle of this pandemic, you know, this of our quarantine had no power for three days. So that was, uh, that it, it got as close to the walking to a walking dead episode without the zombies as, as it could have. And, and yet, uh, one of the things that I admire about your perspective on hope is that, um, you seem to continue to lean into the good things, the things like the walks with your family. How, how, how do you keep, um, such a, 
a hope-filled perspective. In your, in your new book, Enter Wild, one of the things that you talk about is living a life of abundance. And that yeah. feels like it goes hand in glove with hope. How, how, did, how did your theology develop to that place? Wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, it's, it's developed to that place. It's still developing. I mean, let's be honest, you know, like, like I'm, I'm 45 years old and, um, and I don't think until I was 42, did I even have a theology of abundance Mm. that, um, that, that I have today. So, you know, I, I thought I, I thought I had everything figured out. I thought I had, um, my view on father, son, Holy spirit on, on how it is we're supposed to live this life uh, figured out. And, you know, even, even at the end of my last book, I, um, for people that read it and for even myself after I wrote it, it felt so good to kill the spider because killing the spider, um, and again, just for your listeners, uh, the way that I describe it is the spider's uh, agreement that you've made with the lie and a cobweb is a medicating behavior. So instead of cleaning the cobwebs, instead of cleaning the medicating behavior, kill the spider kill the lie when you when you kill the spider it feels really good because um you have gotten like 60 percent better um and and i think for most people what what ends up happening inevitably is when we get 60 percent to abundance when we get mm. like if we if you've been living at zero percent abundance or 10 percent abundance or 20 percent abundance when when you get to 60 percent man you you kind of look at God and go, you know what? If if I just if if I don't have to go back to ten percent or zero percent, this is actually great, God. Right. Like, like <laughs> if if I can, I mean, this is this is doable. Like if I can just hang out here at sixty until I get to heaven, then um, then let's do that. Then I'm game. That that would be incredible, God. So we end up making deals with God when we get a little bit better, and I feel like that's what ends up happening when when people. Um, when, when I killed my spider, my big spider, um, I got about 60% better. And I, I was like, okay, the work's done. Like now, now I can, I can, um, just kind of limp my, limp my way to heaven. Mm. And man, it was about three years ago that, you know, I was living at, at 60% healing for my anxiety. I was living at 60% healing of my marriage. I was and I think most people would, most people don't even know that they're living at 60%. Most people don't even know that there's more available is, is the thing. They think that that 60% abundance, uh, life to the full, John 10, 10 is, uh, is, is, is fullness. But man, I, I got to a place where I started to question, you know, uh, ask some hard questions about God. Like if he really is promising healing, I mean, like he literally promises us healing. I don't know if I believe that. Like, I, I don't know if I actually believe that. Like I started, I started questioning God. I started questioning again, my faith. And like, is all, is all these things that he's saying to the disciples real? Like, uh, like, and then, and then we switched churches and we, about four years ago, started going to a new church. The that rat, the, in Nashville, yeah. Right? Yeah. The Which, belonging company. Yeah. In Nashville. And go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say that the, the pastor there's the pastors there seem incredible and there was a moment and it's a moment i wanted to ask you about that i remember the pastors of that church praying over you and your wife heather and they gave you an anointing yeah and i've never felt 
the Holy Spirit through Instagram. Like I felt it. There's two moments in the years that I followed you. It's that one. And then another time when you read scripture in a hotel room and I literally cried. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What was that like for you for that anointing? And how does that play into this now? Yeah. So it's actually, it is part of the storyline. So we started attending uh, the belonging and from the second I went in there. Now, listen, I, I grew up Southern Baptist. I love my Southern Baptist friends. I speak at a lot of Southern Baptist churches. Um, but the um, Holy Spirit part of the Trinity was not um, really talked about or not really focused on. And so it was, you know, it was God, the Father, Jesus, the Son. Um, and, and then we talked about the Holy Spirit, but I really didn't have a big understanding of it. And when I started the belonging, <laughs> I mean, that's like, that was like the majority of what the teaching was, mm-hmm. was, was Holy Spirit and access we have to Holy Spirit. And um, so things began to shift in worship experiences, you know, um, things begin to shift. And so they're speaking, they're talking about miracle signs and wonders and the access that we have to that now. And, uh, you know, here I am again, 40 years old, and everything I've ever believed is now being shaken to the core. And I'm, I'm walking, I'm, and, and again, my kids are all in and I'm very skeptical of every single thing. I've been wounded. I've, I'm like, I'm, you know, uh, um, you're I'm, old I'm enough to be skeptical. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not just going to believe that, mm. that I can uh, pray scripture over my life and that I can ask God for healings in this because I've had anxiety for, you know, 20 years of my life. Like you're really telling me that I can be a hundred percent free of this. Come on, man. Like, I mean, it's just all that stuff. And so, right. But the more I the more I was there, the more I started, you know, going to different uh, prayer ministry sessions, and ended up ended up finding a man named John here in Nashville, Tennessee, that does a a type of uh, intercessory prayer, inner healing prayer called Heart Sync, um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But that's kind of where um, where I I stepped from sixty percent abundance to a hundred percent abundance, literally, um, in this man's library. But to go back to the, the journey that the belonging really had, had in me is, you know, the more I, I found healing, the more I stepped into, uh, stepped off the, the boat that I have just left the land of sand management. And now I'm stepping onto the shores of miracle signs and wonders. You know, when you experience that um, and you start asking God very specific questions and he starts giving you very specific answers and starts healing in very specific ways, like you never want to go back. Like, like you never want to go back to, just, you know, just kind of that Sunday, um, Sunday faith where, you know, worship songs make you feel good. And then you just kind of hope that they're true. Um, uh, and then so at The Belonging, uh, we developed a pretty special relationship with our pastors, Alex and Henry. And, and listen, I, I've been speaking for, for, I don't know, about five years now. And when we were about three years into The Belonging and it was, we were, it was just a worship service. I think it was New Year's Day. And, um, and again, like we, we, we go to, again, a very charismatic church, but what I love about it is it's not, it's not what you, what you would imagine. It's not like hype charismatic, you know, it's, it's not like, um, it, it seems to be rooted in deep theology. Oh yeah. It, it just really is. And so like, nobody's doing like, like crazy stuff. No, it's not uncomfortable. You, you, you wouldn't be uncomfortable to bring like your very conservative friend to our church, you know, but there's just a palpable presence there that, that I just, I just don't find other places. Mm. And um, or I hadn't found other places. And so obviously that kept us there. And I continued doing what I was doing. I continued speaking. I continued traveling and uh, doing it. But then there was th- this one day when at the end of the service, and they don't do this often at all, but 
um, Pastor Henry walked out on stage and said, Carlos, are you here, Carlos? And I was like in the back of the room and I was like, oh crap, why, what did I do? Like, what did I, you know, he's like, and he started to just speak. He's like, the Lord just told me something, gave me something for you. And I, and I, he started to speak it over me. Uh, he's like, no, I need you to come forward. Um, and I went forward, the whole church literally lays hands on the person in front of them all the way until they lay hands on me. And he has this word for me that was so spot on. And mm-hmm. he basically was like, you know, um, um, you have been a speaker for a long time. You're really gifted. God has been so proud of you because of what a great communicator you are and a speaker, but you are no longer as of this moment, a speaker. You're no longer just a communicator. You're now a minister of the gospel. And, 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 and I got filled with Holy spirit in that moment. It was one of the most powerful experiences in my life. And I'll tell you what, from that moment, um, there hasn't been a stage I've gotten on or a podcast I've spoken to where it's not a palpable difference from who Carlos was before that moment and who Carlos has been after that moment. And everything's changed. Everything's shifted. There's a new power inside of me that I didn't know was available. And I'm telling you, um, you know, I, I say this in the book all the time. It's like I've, it's like Lucy in, in Chronicles of Narnia, right? It, it's like everyone's, you know, if you've not seen the movie, you just need to go see it or read the books. But when she first walks through the wardrobe and stumbles into Narnia, mm-hmm. she can't believe this magical land exists. And it's beautiful. And she, um, you know, she's, she sprints back through the wardrobe to tell her friends or for her, her siblings. And they don't believe her. And they think she's crazy. And I, I feel like that right now because I feel like I'm Lucy and I've sprinted back through the wardrobe to tell all my friends, you've got to come with me. You've got to come experience this. And they're, some of them are like, you're nuts. Like, you're crazy. I'm not going to. But some of them have let me grab them by the hand, take them back through and experience Narnia. And I'm telling you, that's the wild side of God that, um, that I don't ever want to let go of. I, I love it. And you tell a story in the book that I was hoping you would share uh, with, about your friend, Alex and Thai food. Would you, it's one of my, I, I literally laughed out loud and then got <laughs> all of the goosebumps when I read it. Would you tell that story for us? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so this, this, this happened uh, a few years after um, I, I kind of stepped into this new side of, of, of who Holy Spirit is and and I, I got comfortable with conversational intimacy with Jesus, right? Um, this is something that's meant to be normal. Mm. We're, we're meant to hear from him, um, not just, again, during a sermon or during a worship song, but all day, every, every day, like Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so um, I had a friend of mine who knows I love to tell, teach people about, um, about hearing from Holy Spirit. So he's like, hey, can we have coffee? And um, I want to I learn how to do this better. So. Um, I said, yeah, sure. And I think he thought I was going to show up because he had his pen and, and, and journal out. And I think he thought I was going to be like, A plus B equals C. Like, <laughs> like this, is, this is the, you know. Um, and so I think he was a little um, taken aback when I, um, when, I, when I sat down. He's like, okay, so, so tell me, like, how do I start? And I was like, oh, well, no, there's not like a, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a thing. It's not like you're going to, um, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. And then you're gonna, like, you just need to right now ask God a question and he'll mm. answer you. Right. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this, this isn't like complicated. You don't have to like rub your hands together and shake three times. And like, you know, 
and do I the said, macarena so right, now, right just ask. yeah do the macarena yeah so um he's like are, he's like dude I don't, I don't know man and I, he's so skeptical and again the reason why most people are skeptical about hearing from god um are asking god specific questions the reason why is to be honest it's because we have we have all asked god very specific questions um and they and or we have not um heard back or our prayer hasn't gone the way that we wanted it to and so we've had experiences like that so what that does for us is it 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 makes us not doubt i was it, it makes us not ask it makes us doubt it makes us get to a place where we're not quite certain that if we ask a specific question he'll give us a specific, specific answer so that's really why we don't we don't ask specific questions and that's why my friend didn't want to as well and um but I made him, I said, Hey dude, we're just going to do it really easy. I just want you to ask God. This is, this is how simple it is. Like this isn't complicated. Ask Holy spirit where we should go to lunch. And so again, he looked at me like, come on, man. Like <laughs> this is, this is the question you're going to, I'm going to ask him. I was like, yeah, man, don't start. Don't, if you're just getting into conversational intimacy with Holy spirit, don't start with, should I quit my job this week? Like that's not that that's that we, you got to build the muscle up. You got to practice. So start simple. Where should we go to lunch? So man, he looked at me like, ah, I don't know, man. And so I said, come on, do it. And again, I know why he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to be wrong. He yeah. didn't want to hear wrong. So I finally made him do it. He closes his eyes. He puts his, he puts his fingers like this, like, like, like right now, like they're glass grasped together. Like you would if you're a little kid praying, he kind of tilts his head up and aims his prayer towards the sky. Um, and then he just says, God, where should me and Carlos go to lunch? And, uh, <laughs> And I just remember like him, like his eyes were shut so tight and he kept like opening one eye and like looking at his phone. Like, I don't know. If God was <laughs> like gonna God was going to text him. him. <laughs> yeah. He, and, then he, and then he picked up his phone a couple of times and then he kind of kept looking up. And then I remember like 30 seconds later, he, almost as if like he needed to do this, but he forgot. He said, amen. Like, like maybe, maybe he has to say amen right. or forgot to hear him, you know? And so he, I let him struggle for a while. And, you know, finally I was like, so, you know, what did he say? And he's like, dude, I don't hear anything. Like, I don't, I don't hear anything. Uh, what does God sound like? You know? And I said, I don't know. Listen, you, you, you've got to lower the volume of life. Just quit, get all the thoughts out of your head, lower the mm. volume of life. And I promise you he's speaking. I said, what did you hear? What did you see? Did you see something? Did you feel something? He's like, Oh, and then when I said, feel something, he's like, Oh, okay. Feelings. He's like, <laughs> everyone has, everyone has feelings. He's like, how do I know if it's God? You know, I was like, no, just, don't edit the Holy Spirit. Like we edit oh, that's so the good. Holy Spirit so many times. That's one thing that I've learned the last few years is, is we get we get a premonition from Holy Spirit and then we go, we we edit it ourselves and go, no, nah, that really wasn't him. I said, <clears throat> what did you see? He didn't want to say it because he didn't want to be wrong, but finally he said, Well, I saw that restaurant over in Titan Stadium parking lot, Thai Phuket. But I just saw it for a second, you know, and uh, but I also saw after that I saw something else. And I was like, Well, if that's the first thing you saw. I said, I'm not saying it was God, but let's just, let's go. And he said, okay, let's go. So we go to Thai Phuket. We drive five minutes over and we go, we have a great Thai meal. Like it was just normal, actually. Like nothing crazy happened. Jesus didn't appear in the yeah. steam of our soup. The waiter didn't look like Jesus when he came and, and like, it was just fine. We had a normal lunch. It was normal. It was fine. We'd actually forgotten halfway through that. We'd asked God where to go to lunch. Um, so we leave, we walk out and, um, 
I'll never forget it, man. We're walking out and Alex is, he's get, walking towards his motorcycle and I'm walking towards my minivan. We just, so, you know, we have different seasons of life. Right. This, this guy <laughs> and, me. and, uh, and as soon as he gets on, like, like kind of props his leg over the motorcycle, this man <laughs> comes sprinting out of Typhoon Kit. I'm like, I need you to imagine the most redneck human being that you've ever met. Multiply it times 50. And then we've got this guy. Sure. And, and he comes running out and he's shaking, he's shaking his finger kind of like this. And he's like, Hey man, Hey man, you, Hey man, you. And we're like, what the, maybe we forgot our wallet in there. Like, we're sure, yeah. It's like, maybe, you know, he's like, Hey, Hey man. And he's kind of shaking his head and shaking his finger. And he comes running up to us and he's like, you're going to think I'm crazy, man. You're going to think I'm crazy, man. You're going to think I'm crazy. And he's shaking his finger, looking at well, all googly eyes. You know, he's like, you're going to think I'm crazy. And we were both like, okay, yes, we think you're crazy. Like, like we're, we're past Confirmed. that point now. Check. Yeah. Confirmed. What the heck, man? What's this guy doing? And he's like, he looks straight at Alex and he's like, man, I got a question for you. Do you sometimes work on your laptop over at that coffee shop called Frothy Monkey? And we're both like, what? Does it, what, where's this guy going? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, man, you're going to think I'm crazy, man. But I was in there a few weeks ago and you came walking in. And when you walked in, I was reading my Bible and I felt like God told me to pray for you. Mm. And I'll never forget. I was so scared to, act, to actually come and ask you because that's weird, man. And so you walked out and I never thought twice about it. But now I'm just in here in Typhoon Kent sipping on my soup and you came walking in and oh my God, I couldn't believe it was the same guy the whole time I'm seeing you. I'm like, Holy Spirit's like, you can't let him leave again. Chase him. So I chased you out here. Can I please pray for you? And I'm telling you, bro. My friend's eyes got so big, and honestly, I got in my minivan and I left him in the parking lot with that weird man all by himself because I was like, I still don't trust this guy completely. <laughs> I, what a great I, friend! I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I left it. I left him, but then he called me ten minutes later, literally his voice trembling, mm. and he said, "God answered my specific question." Come on! And I'm telling you, man, this is the this is the wild stuff that I'm talking about. This is the stuff that. When you, I, I'm not just talking about like, like massive, like sure, there's going to be mountaintop wild experiences. Yeah. But when we start asking God specific questions every day, all day, literally your faith goes from mild to wild. Like it does. Like he, when he, when God starts ask, answering your questions specifically, I mean, dude, I'm four years into this journey. And I mean, every single day I'm, I'm blown away. Like I still like stand up and go, oh my gosh, did anyone else see that? Like when I ask God specific questions every day and it's, Bro, I don't ever want to go back. It's, it's been one of the greatest transformations in my life. Yeah, but you, so you didn't get there though. Like you said, it, it's kind of a process, right? And yeah. it's been really cool to see God work in your life from kill the spider now until enter wild. And a big yeah. part of that is the heart sync stuff yeah. that, that you did with John. And you kind of talk about, uh, Heather talking about anxiety. You talk about all of that in the book because um, you, you've been really open and vulnerable about wrestling with that. Yeah. What was that? Um, what was that process like for you, the heart sync process? And then what did it show you uh, about God? Yeah. So, you know, before I got to the, um, before I got to my space with where, where I was in that last story, before I got to that space, I actually had to get to a space where I was comfortable enough to ask God specific questions myself. Mm. And, um, and so um, my, my anxiety that I'd been battling for years that I'd gotten 60% better that I didn't believe I could get a hundred percent. I thought I had to wait for heaven uh, to get that. Um, 
you know, I was challenged by a few friends saying, no, like, like you may not get it here on this side of it on this side of heaven, but why, why in the world would you not believe for it? You know? And I was like, Oh, I never really thought of that. So I started my journey, um, trying to, trying to find a way to get, kind of get through it. And, and, um, I found a man named John who does a thing called heart sync, which is a version of inner healing. And so I went to this guy, man, he had like the most 1992 geo cities website you've ever seen. Like I remember like looking it up going like, okay, this guy's definitely doesn't have a marketing budget. So, um, at least I can trust he's in it for the right thing. And I show up to this man's, you know, place. And he's like, again, this was kind of like my Alex and Carlos moment, but I was Alex and John was Carlos. Right. So he, he's starting to tell me things that like, you know, I'm about to, you know, hear from, hear from God, hear from Holy spirit. And, again, I'm super skeptical. I'm like, I don't know. And so he, um, he starts me on this journey of hearing from God and I'm having mind blowing moments. Um, just like Marcus, uh, excuse me, Alex had. And, um, so we were working through things. We get to a space where he actually, after a few sessions, um, and me and my mind being blown at how specific God was being with me, he gets to a place where he's like, Hey, listen, um, um, the the anxiety and the the panic attacks and all the things that's happening in your life um they're they're actually because what i loved about john is that he was um he's he's like a former psychologist yet he's he's full in on holy spirit so he's got the medical kind of scientific background but he also has a spiritual background and he's like you know there's there's actually unforgiveness in you that is um rewiring your brain in a way that um, God didn't intend for it to do. And, and forgiveness is going to be the key for you finally getting free of this anxiety. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Like I, I, I'm down for that. Who do I, you know, who do I need to forgive? Like, you know, it's gotta be, you know, somebody that hurt me. Cause when we think of forgiveness in the Christian community, we think of, um, either asking God for forgiveness or asking someone else for forgiveness or forgiving someone else. Mm. But I walked in there thinking that those are my three options. And, and so I was ready. Like, yeah, who do I need to forgive? I want to be free of this. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not somebody else. Like, actually, um, you're going to need to forgive yourself. And I, remember, I was like, forgive myself? Like, what do you mean? I haven't done anything wrong. He's like, actually, through all the conversations we've had, when, and, and you can read all about this in Kill the Spider, but like, I, I, I made bad decisions that destroyed my family. And I lost my family. And I used to say things. After I finally, uh, uh, you know, went to therapy and fixed a lot of those sin issues in my life, I used to say a lot of things like, oh, you know, that version of Carlos, that, that Carlos that, that ruined his family, like, I hate that guy. Um, that version of Carlos mm. that, um, that did that, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to, uh, you know, I'm so glad I got rid of that guy. I used to say, th- and we say things like this all the time. Oh, like, I can't stand that version of me. Um, and so he's like, Carlos, you're saying all these things, but I need to tell you something. That version of you, that piece of you, God actually created that part of you. Yeah. And what, you, what you've done and what you've been doing for a decade now is you've been shaming a part of you that God created. And that part of you was just medicating something that, uh, a wound. And what you've done is you've completely cut off a part of your heart. You cut off a part of you that God's created. And so you're going to actually have to get in a new relationship with that part of you. Now, as he's talking to me, I'm like, dude, this sounds like some crazy stuff. Like, what are you, t- what are you talking about? Like, I've got to forgive a part of me and bring it's straight out like, of the matrix, gotta... right? Like, it's yeah, like man, next I'm level like, yeah. meta. 
I'm like, I'm like, do I have to go into the upside down in order for like this to happen? Like, so I can see this part of me. Take the red pill. Take the red pill. And, um, and anyway, so like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going with him. I've trusted him a few sessions already. So man, he has me like close my eyes and start praying. And, and, um, he's like, I want, I want you to go back to like the moment that you feel the most shame about, like the moment that you feel the most shame about. Um, and so I did, like, I went back and I, and I had a memory of, a, of that part of me that was like the, like literally the culmination of all the bad decisions and of all the sin issues. And I just remember almost being nauseous as I thought about that version of me. I said, okay, I see him. Like he's, he's sitting on the sofa, his laptop's open. He's having a conversation with somebody he shouldn't be having a conversation with. My wife's down the hallway. My kids are asleep. Um, and he's like, okay, now I need, I need to ask you, you know, where you are in this scene. Now, listen, again, I can, if you're listening to this podcast, I, read the book because this, this stuff was transformative for me. Um, and I said, okay, I see, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm watching myself from like the, like where the hallway is. He's like, okay, where's Jesus in the picture? And I'm like, Jesus. And I'm, Jesus wasn't there. Trust me. Like he was, he's like, oh no. He's like, remember we we believe biblical truth. Jesus was there. Mm. You were a Christian. Jesus was actually not only there, he was probably right really close to you. So man, all of a sudden I see myself making these bad decisions, I actually see Jesus standing right behind me, like almost holding me. Mm. And I start to weep. I start to cry. And I can't believe the actual, um, what, what, what I'm seeing. I can't believe that, um, that I see Jesus in this picture. And I start weeping. And he's like, listen, like, I need you to know that Jesus was there the whole time. I need you to know that he was, he was caring for you the entire time. And I need you to know that um, that he wants you to come into reconciliation with that version of, of who you are. And man, it, it, there was a lot more that went on in that session. There was a lot of tears, but the biggest thing that happened was, was he had me, um, and this was where it got like, as crazy as it got. He had me kind of face, like, he's like, I want I'll, the version of you that who, who you are now, I need you to move from the hallway. Again, my eyes are closed this whole time. And I need you to walk up to the version of you that is making the bad choice that Jesus is standing behind. Mm. And then I need you to have that part of you put the laptop down and I need you to look at yourself. And I'm telling you, bro, it was, it's, if I think I actually recorded the whole thing, the whole session, if I listen back to it, it's the most matrix thing you've ever heard. Here I am talking to myself, looking at myself, like having conversations with myself with Jesus is standing there and he's behind me. And he's, and he's like, I need you to ask that version of you for forgiveness because, because he has been so ashamed mm that he has not wanted to come back into connection with your heart. His, your heart has been broken. And dude, it was, I'm sobbing now. And I'm asking that part of me for forgiveness. And that part of me in, in this, in this moment in my mind and in my soul, as I'm, as I'm picturing this, um, like I embrace myself. He actually has me embrace him, uh, John, um, as my eyes are closed so I could feel another yeah. body. Uh, so I can feel, and dude, I, I will never forget the the physical manifestation of what was happening in my body in that moment. I mean, there was, there was such heat being transferred, like in my chest, I could feel it like just in my chest. And, and I, listen, I was having, I don't know, a thousand heart palpitations a day at, in this moment, uh, in, in these few you know months leading up to this moment with John physical, physical anxiety symptoms in my body. Sure. I pray. And I have, I have this heart sync session where I come into healing with myself, I walked out of his office. Now remember, th- this, is, this is just a prayer that I'm praying with, with, with coming right, to reconciliation. Right. 
I walk out and I never have another heart palpitation again. Come on. Like, like, like my physical manifestations of my anxiety were gone. Like they disappeared and it showed me how powerful reconnecting and, and forgiveness of ourselves mm. could be. And I'm telling you, so many people that, that struggle with anxiety and depression are, there's, there's a level of unforgiveness in their hearts uh, that they don't even know was there. That I didn't even know was there that we've got to work hard um, to, to get to the source. And so, you know, what, what John did for me, um, my wife and I have started a ministry called Enter Ministries, where we, we really start, we're really starting to take people through this because we've experienced such freedom on our side of the coin that it's really all I want to do now. Like, all I want to do is help people find and experience the same freedom that I found in that library with John. And so, yeah, man, that was, that's the middle section of the book. It's called Enter War, the middle section. Um, And um, before you can enter wild, you got to enter war and you've got to, you know, you got to uh, experience the freedom in order to get to kind of the wild. um, Sorry, I broke up there for a second. Uh, In order to get to, you've got to, hold on. So in order to enter wild, you've got to enter war and experience uh, the freedom that God has for you there. And I promise you, it's worth it. Uh, And hopefully, uh, you read the book. Hopefully, I explained that in the book well enough to where people will want to, you know, experience that. I, I'm telling you, one of the things I appreciate um, is the ease in which you explain it because we talk about going from rest to war to wild and the process there, and it's available. It, it is available for everyone, and I think that's both of yeah. our prayers for the listeners today. That if if yeah. you haven't started, this is a really good starting place, but it's it's also not the end of the story. I, I find it yeah. really intriguing that in the midst of writing a book on spiritual warfare and the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit works, your daughter um, spends months in the hospital. It seemed, I mean, yeah. I mean, like just following yeah. along and praying for her and all the things that your community, how, how did it, um, how did that impact or prepare you? Uh, how, how did your, I'm not asking a very good question, but the no, idea no, is I get it. that the, the Holy Spirit and all of that, it just seems very um, spiritual warfare-ish. Yeah, you know, um, honestly, if, if no one ever reads my book, I wrote that book for the season of life I went through with my daughter in the hospital. Mm. I did not know that I was writing words that I was going to actually need to put into practice when my daughter got extremely ill, you know. Um, I, I've lived a pretty, a pretty blessed life, to be honest with you. Like there hasn't been a lot of death or sickness or disease in, in, in the generations in my family, you know, my, well, both my grandparents, you know, lived to like a hundred years old. And like, I mean, they're just super healthy and both, you know, I still have my 97 year old grandpa and, um, and yeah, there just hasn't been a lot of pain and, and, um, it like, like sickness, I, I guess I would say there's been pain definitely, but not like sickness. And so when, when, um, so Halo went into the hospital. Um, and she's diagnosed with the very first, like in the ER, she's diagnosed with cancer and, and they tell us that she's got a, a mass in her chest, um, that they're going to have to, uh, start chemo the next day. And, you know, we're like, wait a second. She was just having chest pains to now she's got lymphoma, like cancer, like what the heck, you know? And, um, and that was, that, that right there was, was, was when I realized that all the work I had done to prepare for the battle, all the work that I put into place. Uh, before she went into the hospital, all of the research I did, all of the 
the pouring into who Holy Spirit is, having Holy Spirit pour into me, came, it, it, it went straight into practice. And there was, there was, sure, there was some fear that crept up, but I'm telling you, I, I went into, we went into battle mode. We went yeah. into spiritual battle mode. We went into, okay, I, we appreciate what the doctors are saying. We appreciate their medical uh, pedigrees, but we're not going to claim cancer over her life. We're not going to claim that this mass is a cancerous tumor. So we start praying against it. I mean, like I'm telling you, it was 24 hours of straight prayer. And uh, they were supposed to come in for the biopsy at, um, at 9 a.m. They took her back for another scan uh, the next morning. Uh, and then th they did that earlier than that, or earlier than the, when they were supposed to take her back for the biopsy. Well, they didn't come at, t at 10 for the biopsy. They didn't come at 11. They didn't come at 12. They didn't come at one. And we're wondering like, what the heck's happening? And then finally at four, the entire team of oncology doctors at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital walks in and they're like, guys. And I mean, I could tell the second the the doctor kind of went like, she's just like, we, um, I, I, we're so sorry. Um, I don't really know how to tell you this, but we went back and we looked at the, at the, at her chest and, and now it looks like that tumor uh, is no longer, we're now no longer believing it's a cancerous tumor. We're believing it's an, it's an infection. Uh, and so we're going to treat her with antibiotics as opposed to chemotherapy, right? <laughs> and I, dude, I, I've never shared this, uh, like on Instagram, but I have it report. Someone, a friend of mine was here recorded. I crumbled to the ground. I just start sobbing and thanking God right there in front of all the doctors. Um, I am, I am a wreck. And they're obviously they're just as relieved as I am. I mean, there, there was actually one, two of the, not one of the doctors in the back, um, he starts crying when he sees me crying like, because he knows that he knows that he, he has just delivered us like a life saver. Right. And so that was just the first day. That was just the beginning of what was still evident, um, going to end up being one of the hardest months of our entire life. Like, yes, it was no longer cancer, but they couldn't figure out what it was. And then, um, you know, it, it kept getting worse. The infection in her lungs is getting worse. Then they have to drain her lungs. And she's in massive pain. And then, you know, it just was, um, I've never been through a valley so low, um, but with such utter dependence on Holy Spirit and on God and all of the, all of the practical tools that I give in Enter Wild, like praying the promise instead of the problem, um, like um, Thanksgiving, praise and worship, like all of the things that I give in, in the Enter War section of the book. Um, I started to do, I started to not declare sickness over my daughter. I start. I, I changed my prayers from God. So Hala's so sick. Will you please help her to, to um, every disease, germ and virus in her body will die in the name of Jesus by the blood of the cross, the power of the resurrection. I started to, to pray the promises instead of praying the problem. And that I, I don't, I don't only believe that that had a supernatural effect in her body, but I know that it had a supernatural effect in my body, in my yeah. soul, where my fear was. Um, and you know, and the beautiful thing is we, uh, we made it out of the hospital. She's, you know, we're, we're in May now. Uh, she's probably 70% back to where she was before the hospital. I mean, this took her out. I mean, it was, it was vicious. It was a vicious infection in her lung. Um, but, uh, she's, she's alive. Um, uh, she doesn't have cancer. Uh, she's making it day by day. And we are just so, um, we're, 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 we're so changed as a family and shifted because of what we have had to. Uh, experience and the trauma that we went through, but I'm I'm so grateful that I had a foundation of spiritual warfare um, to be able to gird myself up, uh, put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, right? The shoes of the gospel, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, 
and the sword of the spirit. And all of these things aren't just like, like children's story Bible things. Like when you think of spiritual warfare, like the full yeah. armor of God, here's a coloring book. Like, no, like this is like for real stuff that we have at our disposal, you know, praise and thanksgiving. People don't understand how powerful of a weapon that is in the midst of trials that you're in. You know, that, that song that so many people love right now, surrounded, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Now, for most people, they only sing the 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 chorus and the bridge of that song um it may look like i'm surrounded i'm surrounded by you um this is how i fight my battles that feels really good but the question i had when i heard the bridge and the and the chorus was well what is this like what is this is how i fight my battles what's the this part and sure enough as, as i'm like wondering that upper room which is a church in dallas who wrote that song um they come out with a verse for it after a year of people just singing the um, the bridge and the chorus. And I love the verse. It totally sets it up for where I thought they were coming from. The verse says, uh, there's a table, and this is all scripture, that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. And my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. This is how I fight my battles. And then it goes in, right? And I'm like, oh, that's it. That's because solid, yeah. that is the warfare tools that we have at our disposal. In the midst of the trials, you praise. In the midst of the trials, you think. And, and praise always precedes our breakthrough. It always precedes our breakthrough. So, um, you know, it's hard. And it's hard. I'll be the first one to say, listen, when I'm in the midst of panic attacks, like the hardest thing to do is to thank God and praise God for who he is in those moments. Uh, but those are the weapons of warfare that we've got. And I love that. And I love the fact that, um, that it's a daily choice to enter the wild. Yeah. It's a daily, it's a daily decision. And we, we have to decide to be in the relationship with God in a way that, that gives us that incredible access to the power of the Holy spirit. And so, yeah. um, thank Absolutely. you. Thank you so yeah. much for, uh, being such a hope dealer and storyteller, uh, for the five people that aren't following you yet on Instagram, uh, <laughs> or, or where can people go to pick up the book? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, Instagram's where I hang out, you know, like I love to hang out on, on, on Instagram just because it seems like the most positive, um, social media space right now. Like if I'm, if I'm ever, uh, angry, then I'll go to Facebook, but most of this, most of the stuff right. I like to do is hang out on Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's funny last night and you can find me on Instagram at low sweat, L O S W H I T last night. I don't ever post on Facebook ever, like ever, but I don't know. I, I had a, a, a hunch. I, I want to post something on, on Facebook last night. So I posted something about a documentary that I saw. <laughs> and again, I don't know, it's maybe been a year since I posted on Facebook. The, the vitriol that Ooh. came spewing out of people on my Facebook page, quote unquote, friends of mine, that when they read my post, I was like, no way. This is why I don't come here. Right. This is why I don't hang out here. Um, so you won't find me on Facebook much, but you will find me on Instagram or on Twitter if I'm like live, live tweeting an event. Uh, or an award show or something. Uh, but you can go find the book at enterwild.com. And, um, and yeah, enter I mean, ministries, enter ministries. Where can we learn more yeah, about that? Yeah. Yeah. You can learn more about that as Heather and I decide to tell more about that. Cause right now it's kind of like, <laughs> we're, 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 we're kind of like in the beta world with all that stuff. Like we've sure. got a, a couple of, of beta groups here in Nashville that we've taken through. Honestly, it's, we're, we're taking people in a live form uh, through enter wild through, through my book. So we'll okay. take them through enter rest enter war and enter wild in a, in a, in a live setting. Um, and dude, we, we've got some big plans for what that's going to look like in the future. Um, as far as like an event, 
but for right now, um, you know, we're, we're praying about what it's going to look like. We're building it. You guys could actually be praying for us yeah. as we decide what this is, what this ministry is going to look like, what it's going to entail. I love going and speaking at churches. It's one of the, one of my favorite things to do, but what I can't wait for is, is for us to begin to have people come to us uh, as, as we minister in, in the totality of how we feel like God has prepared us to minister in. And so, you know, it, it may turn into a weekend experience or something like that, but um, it's kind of, you know, stay tuned to my Instagram and, um, and I'll be sharing more there. Okay. Last question. I always love to ask my guests is uh, to, it's an advice question. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice and except I'm going to point you to a very specific time in your story and it's the time as you're driving in the car and the single lady song came on kind of the first <laughs> viral video, right? If, if you could go back and talk to that Carlos and just yeah. kind of pull him aside in a safe way, not while he's driving and, and say, give yourself one piece of advice about what yeah. the next um, season of life would look like or, or just life yeah. in general. Oh man. You know. Yeah. I would look, look him square in the eye and say that um, the, the blessing and anointing that you are about to experience in your life has absolutely zero to do with your skill level or your hustle or your striving. Because what inevitably happened to me and I see happen to so many other people is when we begin to experience um, the blessing of life uh, of God in our lives, we end up taking scripture and, and believing that it says every good and perfect gift comes from our hustle. Hmm. When the truth is, that's not what scripture says. It says every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so I would tell that to that, that Carlos, that, listen, you, you need to steward this blessing, steward this anointing, because um, God can place and remove an anointing at his discretion. Um, and you need to be reflecting it all back to him because it's hard, man. We're humans. And we want to take credit for a lot of things. And, you know, I would, I would definitely be doing myself that version of me a favor um, in him not having to go through the suffering that he ended up <laughs> suffering through over the next few years. That is what I would tell him. Carlos, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today and for the stories you tell. And uh, I know I'm excited for your digital storytelling class and, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in it. And so I, I can't wait. Thank you for, for Thanks, writing man. such an important book. Thank you so much. I told you what an amazing conversation. I love Carlos's heart and he is such a gifted storyteller that there are so many of his stories I would love to hear over and over again. I really enjoyed getting into his book. I, I recommend picking up a copy uh, wherever books are sold and tagging him and me on social media, letting us know uh, how the book is impacting you. I would love to hear about that. When we unleash the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to a wild and crazy relationship with God that I think God desperately wants for us. So uh, lean in to what Carlos said, lean into your relationship with the Holy Spirit and see how wild things can get. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, leave a comment where you can, subscribe. Do me a favor, if you're ready to be a part of this community, text the word reclaim to 66866. Look forward to connecting with you guys real soon.